the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our God, is he just a God of parlor tricks, or does he actually hold the universe in the palm of his hand? I think it's safe to say many of us would acquiesce to the truth that God holds the universe in his hands. Sadly, though, our actions and the way we revere him oftentimes reveal another truth, that we tend to treat God as a second-rate parlor magician. The fact is, he is God, very God. The Lord Christ is the one who even the wind and the waves obey. And that's what we're looking at in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Join us there, won't you, as we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. The world may think that it's okay, but we have to say, no, it's not okay. You can't, you can't have your, you know, your wife or your husband and then have somebody else on the side. You, 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 can't, you can't be say you're a Christian and you're cussing like a sailor. You, you, you can't do that. You can't. We, we, there are things in the Bible that he says not to do. And the bottom line is the world may not like our stance for them, but Jesus loves it. And that should be enough for us. Can I have an amen? The trouble also is going to come from our flesh. We're going to have trouble from the devil. We're going to have trouble from the world. We're going to have trouble from the flesh. We're going to have trouble with life. And sometimes things are going to happen to us. And even in our own lives, we have to, and I've been saying this, you have to tell yourself no. And that's okay. That's a good thing. You're, you're dying. I'll never forget. I was playing. I, was, I shared this story before, but I want to share it again. I was playing for the Raiders. And uh, I was the starting running back. They brought in my boy. Tyrone Wheatley. And Tyrone Wheatley, John Gruden wanted a a bigger back. So they started phasing him in and kind of phasing me out a little bit. And I'm on the sideline. I'm on the sideline. And one of my teammates walks over to me. He says, he said, hey, Napoleon, we're playing against the Minnesota Vikings. This is on the field. He said, hey, Napoleon. Hey, dog. He said, hey, dog. Man, they doing you dirty, man. And I sat there, and I had a choice to make. Was I going to say, yeah, that's right, man. I'm, a, I'm, man. I'm going to talk to them tomorrow, man. I looked at them, but I knew, because I knew, because I knew, listen, y'all, your life is in the hand of God. I looked at him, I said, I said, hey, brother, don't worry about what God's doing in my life right now. A couple weeks later, I'm on the sideline, and I was still getting my carries. I was having a good time and everything like that. I'm on the sideline. I'm sitting there with my head down on the bench, kind of just processing some stuff. One of the sisters, 
uh, that, that I know from, from years ago, she, she, she called me and she said, uh, how was your game this week? I said, it was good. You know, I did pretty good. She said, I saw you on the sideline. I said, oh, you did? What'd you see? She said, I saw you on the sideline on the bench and you looked like you were thinking. I said, yeah, I was. I was just kind of on the bench thinking. She said, yeah, you know what? Uh, she said, Napoleon, you're dying. And I, and I, and I said, I said uh, yeah, you're right. I am. God is trying to kill something in me right now. And he's using stuff. He's using this out here as a tool to teach me the value of not just being first, but also being second. And to push somebody else up and to bless them and to champion them and to praise God for them and and to sit back and celebrate when somebody else scores instead of just when I do. So yeah, he's killing this in me right now. She said, okay, just so you know, I just wanted to call you and see how you're doing and check on you. I was like, yeah, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, praise God. (laughs) Saints, trouble, listen to me, y'all. Sometimes trouble, God is using it to kill aspects of your flesh. And it's a beautiful thing. Is it a painful thing? Yes. But the quicker you die, the quicker you move on to the next situation in your life. Let it go. Look at your neighbor and tell him, let it go, let it go, let it go. Look at verse 38. It says here, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? God is going to use trouble in your life oftentimes. And and he's going to use it. And in the midst of it. We see that the devil is going to try us. We see that the world is going to try us. We see that we're going to have to deal with our flesh. And that there's periods of time when we go through some turbulence and there's trouble. But we have to make sure that we keep this in mind. As we're going through these moments in life, we have to fight the tendency to accuse God of not caring about us. When we're going through those situations, we must fight the God doesn't care accusation. They're in this boat and there's trouble and it is legitimate trouble. The boat is filling up with with water. Jesus is in the back of the boat sleep. He's still with them, but he's sleep. In the midst of this, you see and you read this here, saints, the thing that comes out of them is an accusation concerning God's character. And we often do this as we're going through life. We're going through trouble and we, and, and, and I've been there. Man, how come, Lord, you see this? What's going on? How come you're not doing anything? Our minds start going to a place. But always remember, the devil wants to call into question God's care for you. He wants you to embrace the lie. He wants you to receive the lie that God, he just doesn't care. He's got too many other things going on to worry about you. That is a lie from the devil. Can I have an amen? It's a lie. And in this moment, this is the accusation that they, that they bring against the Lord. Look at verse 16. And when this, it says here uh, in verse 38, look at verse 38. 
He says, and when they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This is the accusation that God doesn't care, that he's not concerned. And I want to say this to you. There's an aspect of this that is true. And what I mean by that is this. When you look at this word care, it means it means worrying that there's a there's a a level of care and uncertainty associated with what's going on that you just it doesn't matter to you. Saints, listen to me. Jesus is not worried about your life. Although he does care. He does care. But he's not worrying. He's not stressing. He's not depressed. He's not discouraged. He's not trying to figure out what he's going to do to get you out of your mess. He's just not. And all of us have to see this, that God does care for me. But he's not going to respond the way that I think he should respond all the time. And for us, we, 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 we can never call into question God's his integrity. And I said this to you last week. No matter what happens in your life, always remember that God has your best interest in mind. Do you believe that, y'all? He does. You may not feel a certain way. It may not come out the way that you always think it should come out. Your plan may not come out. But God's purpose, he always has your best interest in mind. And for all of us here, we have to see that we have to fight the God doesn't care card that the devil will try to play upon us. He will pull it out on you. He doesn't care. You look at the stuff that's going on in the world right now, things that are happening, and people will have God. If God was God, what is he? Why does he, he do something about that? Well, let's just see what he's going to do. Let's see. Matter of fact, a lot of this stuff he already said was going to happen, so he gave us the heads up. But at the, bottom, at, the, at the end of the day, let's see how this thing pl- plays out. Before I bring accusation against God, let's see how it plays out. I'm sure that when Moses came to the Red Sea and he saw the Egyptians bearing down upon him and there was nowhere else to go, I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, uh-oh, this is a problem. This is a big problem. But watch this, y'all. Let's go to the next verse. Look what it says here. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I wrote this down. God will handle trouble his way. He will handle trouble this way. And then I just wrote this in parentheses. I said, no one thought that was the answer. There's nobody on that boat who complained about Jesus not caring that knew that he had the power and was going to just speak to the wave and speak to the wind and they was going to stop. And it's amazing how you can go through life and you have a plan and how you think God is going to solve your situation and how he's going to change things around and how he turns things, how he's going to turn things around and you have it all planned out. Then all of a sudden God blows your mind by doing something you never thought that he could do and never thought in that situation he would do. And he shifts something. Can I have an amen? He shifts something in your favor. But he does it in a way that you did not expect. 
I've learned walking with God to expect the unexpected. That God will turn a person that was talking about you, lying on you, saying all kinds of stuff. And that God has a way of shifting things and cause your enemies to become your footstool. This is how God operates. In this moment, no one on that boat thought that he was going to do that. But he was willing to handle the situation his way. Let God have his way. Let him handle it his way. And then when he does it, give him the praise. Can I have an amen? Give him the glory. Now, how am I going to get out of this? I don't even know, but God knows. Just keep, stay on the boat. Don't jump off the boat. Stay in his presence. Stay at his feet. Stay before him. Stop accusing him. Stop questioning whether he cares. And just watch him get up and do what he, the winds and the waves still obey God. And for us, for us, we have to see this, that in your life, God this is the prayer. Do it. Just do it, Lord. Stop saying how. You, you won't even figure it out. You, it'll blow your mind. Just say do it. And when he doesn't, shout. Can I have an amen? When he doesn't shout. Listen, God, when God, nobody, David, even David didn't think that when he threw the rock, that it was going to have the level of impact that it had. I don't know about you, if you're looking at a 13-foot giant and you throw a little stone upside his head, you're not thinking it's going to knock him out and he's going to fall out, he's going to die. Look at your neighbor and tell him, but God. That's the difference. They're on this boat. Jesus gets up and does something that they didn't even know was possible. He's not worrying. He's not stressing. He's sleeping. In the purpose of his father, he's sleeping. He gets up and he, he, cal- he brings a calm by speaking into the situation. And I want to challenge you, all of us in this room, stop worrying about how the Lord is going to do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let God have his way in your life. I'm saying let God have his way in my life. Let God, Lord, have your way. And when he does it, Give him the glory. Can I have an amen? He's going to handle the trouble his way. No one thought that that was the answer. No one thought that. But then he gets to the crux of the matter. And we see it here in verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? He asked these questions. He says, number one, why are you so fearful? And I think this is important for us. You're walking with the God of the universe, but all of us have to stop sometimes and ask ourselves, why am I so fearful? This is a question that we have to ask ourselves. Why am I so fearful? Is it because of my upbringing? Is it because I grew up, I never had nothing, now I got a little something, I'm afraid to lose this? Why am I so fearful? Am, am I so fearful because I, I'm trying to treat God like, like my father who left and now, now, now God, I don't feel like God's there for me either? Why am I so fearful? 
Why am I so fearful? I got me a God done blessed me with a new with a new young lady or a new young man, and I and I can't even really enter into a relationship because I'm afraid that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do me what the other person did. I can't do. I can't. Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? God led you in this direction. We have to ask ourselves, why are you so fearful, man? What is it that's causing you to be afraid of everything? Well, you know, I can't drive because I saw somebody else get in a car accident. Well, that was them. It's not you. And people live their life crippled with fear. They turn on their television and they see stuff going on in the world right now. And they're crippled with fear. They, they, they look at stuff that's happening and, they, and they're crippled with fear. And they let fear just take them over and consume them. But the question is, why? Why are, you, why are you so afraid of everything? Pastor, I'm afraid of the dark. And I'm 40. I have to wait till my wife. You all there? I have to wait, have to wait till my wife get in the bed before I turn off the light. I'm not talking about you, are my brother. Okay, I'm just checking, brother. Because I was about to take your man card on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it I just you know I'm afraid I'm afraid of everything I'm just afraid I can't, can't get on the elevator why can't you get on the elevator you're only going up one flight of stairs you're only going to the second floor I can't get on there why and it's real to them but, but you have to ask yourself why Jesus says why are you so fearful we have to get to a place where we start exposing these things in our lives when it comes to fear and even when it comes to walking with God and trusting God. And we have to let God uproot those fears, get them out of our life, and free us from those fears that are stopping us from believing God when he's sitting right there on the boat with us in life. He says, why are you so fearful? And then he says, how is it that you have no faith? A lot of times we don't have faith in God because we don't keep our eyes on God. We're looking at the situation. We're looking at the circumstance. We keep taking our eyes off the master of the sea. Saints, keep your eyes on the master of the sea. And we have to ask is, why am I not, why don't I have any faith? God will give us, he is, listen saints, God has dealt to each one of us the measure of faith. It's not that you don't have any faith. It's that you're not using your faith in the right direction. You're not pointing it in the right direction. Some people don't have any faith because they were trusted in their bank account their whole life. Or trusted in this person or that, that situation. Instead of trusting in God. Take the measure that you have and direct it towards God. And answer this question. Lord, I, I'm just not using my faith in God. We have to start allowing God to stir us up in our most holy faith and start directing it. I'm tired of people coming to me and saying, we need to do this. We need to do that. I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. I'm like, listen, the only thing I'm concerned about is, is Jesus in our lives. If Jesus is in our lives, all this stuff that we got going on in the world right now, he's going to make sure that we're just fine. Does it mean that I don't need, I have to deal with stuff on my job and in life? Yes. But saints, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Keep your eyes in a situation where you allow your faith to overcome your fears. 
Your faith is going to overcome your fears. He says here in verse 41, we're going to close. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? Now watch this. This fear that they're talking about in verse 41 is different than the fear than they're talking about in verse 40. Now they're in a position where they're magnifying who he is and the, the depths of his work and his ability in their lives. And there's a holy fear that comes up upon them knowing that who is this man that he can even do that? And that's where we need to be. We need to get rid of the fear of man and worldly fear and develop the fear of God. That man, look what he can do. This is crazy. He just spoke to the winds and the waves obeyed him. And I'm telling you, he will speak to your situation. And it will turn to your favor. It will obey him. There's nothing that he cannot do. There's nothing that can stop him in your life. There's nothing that can, if he wants to do it and we align our faith with him, it shall be done. But we, we can't, we got to stop aborting God's purpose for our lives because we're afraid and we don't use our faith. This morning, I want to challenge you. And I'm not saying don't watch television. I'm not saying don't do what you're doing in the world and, and experience the world and life. But as we're going through this life, y'all, we want to be the kind of people that other people can look to and say, man, there's a calm about you. What is it? Is Jesus Christ in my relationship with Jesus Christ. He's on the boat with me. But what about all this turbulence you're feeling? You see it. Don't you see it? Yeah, I see it and I feel it. But you know what? He's with me. And he inspired me to go in this direction. And he's with me on the boat. And he is in a situation where he's helped me to deal with trouble. Do you have trouble? Yeah, I got trouble. But he's teaching me how to overcome my troubles and navigate through troubles. There's going to be trouble. He's, I'm, I'm navigating through my troubles, though. I don't think he cares about you. Oh, yeah, he does. That's a lie. The devil's using you to try to tell me that. That's a lie. That's a lie. He does care about me. He cares a lot about me. And you know what? When he changes my situation, I don't know how he's going to do it, but when he does it, you're going to see me shout. Matter of fact, I might just start shouting right now because I know he's going to do it. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm preaching. I'm feeling this. But what about fear? Doesn't fear come upon you? It tries to come upon you, but I got, I got faith, though. I got the shield of what? I got the shield of faith. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, 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 bang. The devil's trying to shoot them darts of fear and insecurity and, 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 and care and worry and stress, but I got something for him. Bang, 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 bang. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an Amen. Start using your faith as an instrument to deflect all the lies of the devil. He gave it to you. It's called the shield of faith. By which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. There's not one fiery dart that he shoots at you that the shield of faith cannot repel. Can I have an amen? He's going, there's not one, he said all. 
There's not one thing that your faith cannot repel. He doesn't have, listen, the devil doesn't have an instrument in his arsenal that can overcome the shield of faith. He doesn't have it. That's all he has. He has fiery darts and your shield. We have to use it. Instead of listening to all these news stations, all of them. You may have your favorite one, but all of them. Get into this news channel. This channel, this channel is always on point. It's always accurate. There's no biases in here. This right here, this doesn't have any personal preferences. It's all about God. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California, the zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.